Hello, my name is Carl Polichuk. I am a writer, a blogger, a podcaster, an IT consultant, an IT coach, and more importantly than anything else, I'm a father. Some of you are hearing me for the first time, so let me take a minute and introduce myself. I owned a small technology consulting company in Sacramento, California for 16 years, and I now work at that company as the senior systems engineer. I'm also a salesman, and whatever else needs to be done, I go on roadmap meetings with clients, and I work on network migration projects. We help our clients differentiate themselves from their competition through the strategic use of technology. We got involved in managed services about 2005-2006, and we dove you know, headfirst into cloud services in 2009. I have written 10 books, most of them about how to be more successful as a technology consultant. The most recent release is the second edition of Managed Services in a Month. The second edition uh, has been, the, or the first edition has been the number one book on Amazon for managed services for four years. The new version is expanded to cover new consultant opportunities and cloud services. These and other books are all available, of course, at smbbooks.com. On top of that, I write a blog at smallbizthoughts.com, and that's smallbizthoughts.com. And I have a weekly email that highlights what's new and hot in the small business community. Now, here's what we're up to today. I'm going to give a few announcements, and I'm going to summarize some of the big changes that have taken place in the SMB community managed services and cloud space in 2012. We're going to have some speculations about 2013. Then we're going to talk about rebooting your business for the year ahead and for the market ahead. Ready? Let's go. All right. So, doodly doo, That's my bumper music because it's all I can afford. It's uh, royalty free. Segment two is announcements. Please. Uh, Bear with me for just a few announcements. I have a webinar next week with Harry Brelsford. It's Thursday the 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific, and we'll have more information about that. But the title of that webinar is The Total Consulting Makeover. Redesign your business to fulfill your personal and professional goals. And later in this uh, State of the Nation address, You'll find out why that theme makes sense in uh, 2013. So the theme is redesigning your business to fulfill your personal and professional goals. So stay tuned to my newsletter or SMB Nation. Obviously, we're going to be on Facebook and Twitter and everything else. So uh, you won't miss it if you pay attention. Second announcement, the, the SMB 150 voting is going on, and it will continue through February 22nd. This award program is sponsored by SMB Nation and SMB Technology Network. I'm honored to be an SMB 150 uh, winner from last year, and uh, I'm also uh, not eligible this year because I'm a judge. So uh, you can review the nominees and cast your vote once a day at www.smb150.com. The awards banquet is going to be held at the SMB Nation Spring Conference in Redmond, Washington. Announcement number three, Channel Pro SMB uh, is having a forum on April 10th in Long Beach. Again, stay tuned for that or check out Channel Pro online. 
announcement. Four SMB Nation Spring Conferences, May 3rd through the 5th in Redmond, Washington. I would love to see you there. Uh, obviously, the SMB 150 banquet is going on there, but uh, there'll be plenty of other stuff as well. Announcement five, the SMB Online Conference, entitled Reboot Your Business, is June 25th through the 27th of this year, and that's going to be held online, of course. It will be 15 hours of education over three days, uh, just like a regular conference, except you uh, don't have to have airfare or uh, uh, hotel food. <clears throat> Announcement six, the SMB Nation Pre-Day Seminar. My ninth SMB Nation Pre-Day is October 9th in Las Vegas, and it will be noon to 3 p.m., so you will be able to participate in things in the morning or, or fly in the morning, whatever you need to in the morning, and then uh, participate in the late afternoon sessions for SMB Nation uh, pre-day events. Announcement 7, the SMB Nation Fall Conference, of course, is October 10, 11, 12 in Las Vegas. And I hope I will see you there as well. Announcement 8, I'm also planning a, well, I guess what I will call a secret special event for either late March or early April. So be sure to sign up for my newsletter so you don't miss that announcement um, and, and you can look for that announcement late March or early April. And that's all I'm going to say about it right now, but it is a, a major new event in our space. Doodly-doot, doodly-doot. All right, so segment number three is looking at 2012 and 2013. Let's take a quick look at 2012 in the small business IT space with a little commentary. In the small business space, the biggest event of the year is arguably the death of small business server. I find it very interesting that this is not mentioned in any of the 2012 year in review stories that I've read in any of the major magazines and news organizations that focus on the small business space. I find it very, very odd that this is basically ignored as a major event of the year. This is a product that has been, I guess, the foundation for success in small business technology for 10 years, more than 10 years, and now it's simply gone and quietly is, uh, is being allowed to just disappear without commentary from the people who supposedly are covering our space. So I think there have been about five major things from Microsoft this year that have affected us in the small business space for 2012. So let me just give you a, a quick overview of the big five from Microsoft. Number one is immediately after the release of Small Business Server Essentials 2011, Microsoft gave it a new skin, discontinued the product, and released Windows 2012 Essentials. So Windows Server 2012 Essentials is really 98% the same product. I just think it's odd to have a product that's out for a couple of months and then orphan it. But uh, anyway, there we are. <clears throat> I do love the, the Windows Server 2012 Essentials. Uh, I like selling it. I think that we're going to see a lot of it. I think it's got a great place in the market. Um, but uh, it just seems like an odd way to <laughs> treat a brand new product. Number two, with the introduction of Server 2012 lineup, Microsoft announced the end of life of Small Business Server. I don't know why I feel like I'm the only person who was not surprised by this, but clearly 
many people were. We put together an SMB community survey and 498 of you participated. Overwhelmingly, you were angry, surprised, and felt abandoned by Microsoft. I posted a series of articles with all the analysis on my blog. You can go look to the July blog uh, posts for smallbiztots.com. You can also download the entire survey results, including all of the original responses and the analysis at smbbooks.com. It's free. Just go to smbbooks.com and click on the free category. You'll see lots of things, but one of them is the, um, <clears throat> the results of the SMB community survey from July. Anyway, in the aftermath of that announcement, Microsoft announced the end of life for small business specialist program and the beginning of life for a new partner competency that allows one-person shops to become certified partners. The sales price was $1,000, so there hasn't been a lot of buzz around this program. I would be very interested to talk to somebody and actually give you the opportunity, if you're interested, to be on the SMB Community Podcast talking about the new competency for small business if any of you have achieved this competency, please get in touch with me. I would love to talk with you uh, online or offline just to, to find out more about what uh, your experience has been with that and how Microsoft is approaching it. In the big picture, we, America's Tech Support, are still selling Small Business Server 2011. In fact, we're pushing it pretty hard with the argument that clients should buy it now even if they won't install it until next year. With open licensing, they'll be totally legal and can run for three or four years on the SBS platform. In fact, right now, my company is working on three SBS 2011 migrations, two of them among our clients and one of them uh, actually a client we've taken over to fix up somebody else's uh, half-assed installation. Going forward, our cloud-based offering is based on hosted exchange services so the Server 2012 Essentials product works very well for that, and we expect to be selling quite a bit of that. But for clients who need the functionality of SBS, uh, the price um, for servers really did go up significantly. If you need Exchange in-house, if you need SQL in-house, uh, you'll be paying a lot more without SBS than you did with SBS. Clearly, Microsoft wants to push people away from having those products in-house. Number three, Office 365. Now, Office 365 wasn't new in 2012, but Microsoft is really pushing it hard to your clients. One of my friends has been called about half a dozen times in the last two months. She keeps asking me, what is with Office 365? I keep getting these calls from Microsoft. And as you can imagine, she was not encouraged to find a Microsoft so-called partner. No, she was just encouraged to give Microsoft her credit card. So Microsoft is actively pushing this to your clients without you being involved. As a side note, let me say that, I guess an analogy I would have is that three of the most horrible businesses in the world with the worst customer service are AT&T, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. That's just my personal opinion. But these three huge Evil companies continue to have success because they haven't screwed over enough people to see any effect on the fact that they have massive marketing budgets. 
so they can come out with new products, hire thousands of salespeople, and have success and get penetration into a market very easily simply because of their name. Not necessarily their reputation, but their name. One of the things we know from politics is that if people have uh, name familiarity, the reputation isn't really that important. If a lot of people have heard of you, they may not know why they've heard of you, but they've heard of you. And so that helps get you in the door and allows you to have a certain PR spin. Um, Microsoft is not as evil as those companies, but they do have the benefit of selling crap to people based on the fact that they're willing to spend billions on marketing. Office 365 is significantly more expensive for end users over three years than other licensing models. At the same time, the partner earns very little compared to other models. Anyway, the lesson from 2012 is that Microsoft will continue to put lipstick on this pig until enough people have bought it that they can abandon the old licensing models altogether. By comparison, I ask you to consider what Adobe is doing with their cloud offering. It's priced at about 50 bucks a month. So it's priced higher than I'd like it to be, but cheap enough that I can spend about the same in three years as I would have spent on a suite of their products. And because I do book designs and layout and websites and graphics and whatever, I'm always buying one of these packages for one of my employees. So Right now, I'm actually paying less than that $49 a month because I've invested in so many of their products in the past, I fit into a certain category. But the point is, their, their cloud, a creative cloud, is actually much cheaper for people who are regular users than was their old licensing package. So they're taking a, a different approach that they're going to make it slightly cheaper or, at worst case scenario, about the same price for people. Um, now, the Adobe reseller is cut out of the market altogether. So that is, a, a, um, I guess, a trend that you better get used to, right? We call this, last year I, I talked about the disintermediation. Well, if you're the intermediary, if you're the reseller, you're being dissed. So, you, uh, you know, it, it's hurting the, their resellers. I don't know that Adobe's had much of a, a partner program the way Microsoft has. But Microsoft has invested a huge amount of money in their partner program, and I just think that this approach is just is not good for them in the long term. That's my personal opinion. I'll be very interested to see what happens with Office 365 in the next 12 months. My guess is that they will continue to have increased penetration, um, but there will also be uh, some significant problems with outages and so forth. So we, we will just have to wait and see what happens on that front. Number four, Windows 8 was released in 2012, and it was on three different platforms. Um, and on all three platforms, Windows 8 is much more stringent about hardware requirements. Generally speaking, I think that's a great idea. Microsoft screwed themselves over by making it easy to install Vista on old, crappy hardware, and people had bad experiences. Duh, of course they did. We have never let clients put new operating systems on old hardware, so I'm totally in favor of the decision to raise the bar with regard to the hardware requirements for Windows 8. On the tablet platform, Microsoft 
was apparently not satisfied with the hardware produced by their so-called partners. So they created the Surface to compete with their partners. I think that this is an incredibly bizarre move. After all, what separates the Wintel experience from Apple? It's open architecture. I assume Surface will be much loved and then quickly abandoned because it is so closed. It uh, really is the biggest example of slavishly copying Apple. You have to buy all your apps through the Microsoft Store and there's no expansion uh, and so forth. I have not yet bought a Microsoft Windows 8 tablet, but uh, everything I've heard about the Lenovo and Samsung models is spectacular. I, I probably will be getting a tablet very shortly, so I just got to get through the, uh, you know, aftermath of my Christmas spending. I do have experience with Windows 8 on the desktop since the beta and have used it exclusively on two of my workstations since the RTM code was available on MSDN. My overriding impression is that the Windows 8 interface is not very flexible. In my experience, it's not very fast, and it's not good for power users. I personally don't like a cluttered screen. Windows 8 is, by definition, a cluttered screen. I don't mind that Microsoft wants to appeal to right-brained people. That's cool. That's great. But why totally abandon the vast majority of, of users? I love the book A Whole New Mind by Daniel Pink. If you haven't read that or listened to it on Audible, I would encourage you to do so. One of the things he points out is that people have traditionally succeeded in Western civilization because their success using the left side of their brain. It's why we do well on standardized tests, Microsoft exams, and the business skills needed to keep our finances straight. We all enjoy the design side of technology, but that really is not fundamentally what made us successful or most of our clients. Computers started out very left brain. Command prompts and esoteric knowledge, right? That was the norm of the day. But that's a little bit too arcane for most people. Even nerds loved NT4 much more than DOS or CPM. So, you know, there has to be a balance. We love graphical user interfaces, but at some point it goes a little too far to the right. I have moved my Windows 8 uh, machine to my second writing station that I keep at my house. I just, I can't take the performance hit on my primary desktop anymore. Now, before a bunch of you tell me that uh, I really ought to give it a chance, I have. I used it almost exclusively for more than six months. I'm extremely happy to be back on Windows 7. Now, that's just my impression, but I don't think it bodes well for Windows 8. We are already seeing brand new OEM machines with Windows 8 downgraded to Windows 7 at the factory. It's like deja vu all over again. The third platform is Windows 8 Phone. Here again, I have some experience. I, uh, I carried a Droid 3 from Motorola for a couple of years. It was an extremely disappointing phone. It was slow, it was buggy. I was particularly disappointed in the camera. Before that, I owned two different BlackBerry phones. I absolutely loved them. My BlackBerry Tour is easily the best phone that I have ever owned. But like everyone else, I suspect BlackBerry's days are numbered. So 
I've, I had uh, never owned a Windows phone, but in the spring of 2012, I saw one in beta and I wanted it. I made up my mind then to own uh, a Windows phone. So now I have one, and it's an HTC 8X. It's fast, it's easy to use. The coolest thing is, when I hand this phone to someone to play with, they want one. And that's a very good sign for Microsoft. Uh, it also has a great camera. So uh, the, the fact that this operating system works so well on the phone and on the, you know, the touch surface, the tablet environment, is very good. Um, the desktop, uh, I'm not so convinced on. My phone also has all the apps that I need, and that's one of the concerns people have. Um, just like the Droid, I'm overwhelmed with the variety of apps that are available to me. I don't play games on my phone, but I do check out the airlines. I look at the weather when I travel. I monitor my stocks, so forth. I, I need a certain number of apps, and I have lots of variety to choose from. Um, it's early days so far, but I can tell you right now, I am very, very happy with my Windows 8 phone. Number five, <clears throat> Microsoft's Azure cloud platform has quietly matured while most of us weren't looking. As some of you know, I, I do some business coaching, just a few clients at a time, but I decided that I really needed a product to manage all of the topics and issues that um, are concerns to my coaching clients. So I built something in Access and SQL, but I'm not really a programmer, as you can imagine. So... Once I kind of got it figured out and I knew what functionality I wanted, I hired someone to recreate this product in the Azure cloud. I actually threw open the RFP and said, I don't want this project to use any old technology. I want 100% cutting-edge cloud-based technology. I put that request on odesk.com, and I have to tell you, I was amazed at how many developers are out there developing on Azure with modern languages that I had never even heard of or been exposed to. Odesk allows you to see uh, the certifications, the projects completed, and the number of hours logged uh, on Odesk projects. And so I was quite impressed that there were lots and lots of people who are certified like crazy with dozens of projects and thousands of hours logged on Odesk developing products in the Azure platform. So uh, that, that piece of the world is surprisingly mature. And I only mention this fifth item because you need to be aware that this development is going on. It's global, it's reasonably priced, and it's incredibly powerful. You actually might find yourself tiptoeing into the world of development. If you, you know, are interested Go to Odesk and see some of the projects that people are working on. And uh, it's quite amazing how reasonably priced you can find a, pla uh, a programmer to work on the Azure cloud. At a minimum, you um, might be able to give your clients an alternative when they finally decide that they want to update their line of business application and get it off of Access 97. There are options available in the cloud, and Azure is certainly one of those. That's a few thoughts about us and the world of Microsoft in 2012. As for the rest of the small business space, I think we're all a lot more comfortable with cloud services. We're selling hosted backup, hosted exchange, hosted spam filtering, and lots more. Uh, some people are selling many, many products in the cloud. 
I think there's a certain maturity about cloud services that doesn't exist, didn't exist a year ago. Many folks have realized that it's, it's really just another thing. In the small business space, most of our clients uh, will see very little change. Right? Our clients will have desktop computers, laptop computers, printers, switches, routers, battery backups, monitors, office products, a handful of goodies like voice over IP phones, camera systems, and time clocks. None of that is going to change. The fact that the server may or may not exist physically in their office is really not a big deal to most of our clients. Exchanges here, exchanges there. SQL works, SQL doesn't work. Clients are buying services that solve problems. Very few of them are emotionally invested in the technology you use to solve their problems. Just make it work and they're going to pay their bill. Now, if you just make it work in the cloud, they're still going to pay their bill. So, you know, don't be concerned that, uh, you know, cloud services is somehow going to affect your ability to make money. The reality is it's just another thing that you can sell, and if you price it right, you can sell it very profitably. One of the inevitable developments with technology is interoperability. In our small space, um, you know, with managed services, we've seen that some of the major products that we use to run our business have learned to cooperate with each other. Everything has to work with ConnectWise, Autotask, PacketTrap, Zenith, Level Platforms, and so forth. So all of these products have open APIs so companies can develop modules to work with their products. At the same time, they each develop products to work with each other. So we're just beginning to see the start of that piece of the evolution in cloud services. And I believe in 2013, we're going to see a lot more. Many clients are worried about putting their entire business in some cloud product that's out there, and then they're committed to it forever. It makes them feel like they're being held hostage. And I think the evolution of openness will help many companies feel more at ease moving their stuff into the cloud. And one of the biggest forces pushing cloud developers in this direction is devices. I always like to look back five years and see what changed my world. Today, I confidently say that the explosion of phones, tablets, and other handheld devices has had a huge impact on the people we serve. There'll always be desktop computers and laptops, but more and more, services need to be accessible to mobile devices. That means all those cloud services need to be open enough to work with mobile platforms that haven't come to market yet. And that openness means they'll be open enough to work with each other as well. On another front, I think a lot of us are seeing an evolving opportunity in the evolution of regulations and compliance. The most obvious example is HIPAA, but there are regulations governing more and more of our small business clients every day. And as they get rid of their last server and move to the cloud, they need to feel comfortable that they're staying legal and within the accepted practices of their profession. Now, I'm not a financial analyst or a security expert uh, for financial stuff. I'm not a HIPAA compliance officer, but I can broker for companies that deliver services to my clients while keeping them legal and inside the standards of their profession. This really just amounts to finding the right partners. More and more of our job is going to consist of helping clients implement new technologies while keeping an eye on compliance. We're sort of uh, in charge of the chain of custody for compliance, if you will. We help clients implement proper procedures 
as well as their technology. So if you want to go back to plugging, uh, you know, expansions cards uh, into computers and fiddling with jumpers, I'm afraid modern computer consulting may not be for you. I hope you see this as a huge opportunity. We, as technology consultants, have never been in a better position to be true advisors and consultants. And it's almost cliche, you know, the old trusted advisor thing, but think about what are the synonyms for a consultant? A consultant is an advisor and a mentor and a counselor and an expert and a professional and an authority and a specialist. What's missing from that list? Salesman. If clients truly and honestly think of you as a consultant who comes in to solve their problems, to be a professional, to have knowledge they don't have, they won't see you as a salesman. They will see you as someone who is helping them get the job done. A really great consultant will truly help the client. They will help the client stay legal. They'll help the client get their work done. They'll help the client be profitable. They'll help the client make his way through an ever-changing world of technology and regulations. And I think this is a great role for us. And there really isn't anyone else in the client's web of business relationships that can play this role. Attorneys and accountants can help with some things. But when anything touches technology, it's our domain, so to speak. That's where we shine. And to be honest, the only competition you have here is other technical consultants. There isn't anybody else in the, in the client's whole group of relationships that can do this except technical consultants. So you need to be the technical consultant that gets this job done and helps clients with compliance and regulations. I know that takes some work and probably some financial investment. Uh, this morning, Chip Reeves from Bigger Brains pinged me on Facebook and asked me to mention continued education. So that's really what it's all about in our business. So Chip owes me $5. Now, let's look at your future. <clears throat> doodly-doo, doodly-doo. All righty then. Um, it's hard to believe that the book Managed Services in a Month is more than four years old. And my first book on managed services was Service Agreements for SMB Consultants, A Quick Start Guide to Managed Services. So that's a managed service book, and that book is almost seven years old. But managed services is absolutely not dead. In fact, it's simply become the way that we do business. Someone asked me a while back how to differentiate himself from the competition with managed services. Well, I'll tell you, the easiest way to do this is to ask your prospect to compare you to the last five IT consultants that they hired. You are a professional. You keep up to date on developments. You do this as a full-time job. This is not your hobby. You don't disappear in the middle of a project. But you can't just be the IT guy anymore. The recession has literally washed away consultants out of our market. You survived this far. Now, let's think about how you can thrive in the next five years. My theme for this year, for all of 2013, is recreating your business. That means rebooting, redefining, refocusing, it means dropping some things and adding some things. It seems that every, every year looks like it's going to be the best year ever for this business, but um, that's just because I'm an optimist. Um, it's only true 
if you stop doing what you did five years ago and start doing the things that are going to make you money in the next five years. You don't need a crystal ball. You just need to be flexible, informed, and willing to take action. You need to examine your business like you never have before. That means you need to understand your financials. Really, really, really drop clients who only bring frustration and very little money. Really, really take on new projects and services that provide new sources of revenue for your company. I'm not interested in giving you a rah, rah, rah speech. I want you to truly retool your business, to reformulate for success. And yes, Chip is right. Constant and continuous education is part of that. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars on one-week classes. But you do need to invest a few hundred in conferences, in online training, and in educational materials. You need to learn what's new and what's great. You need to train your staff. You have to invest your time, and you need to educate your clients. That means you have to tune up uh, your presentation skills. It means you need to think creatively. And that's a lot of work. And that's why they call it work. <laughs> right? It is work. This is your job, right? You, you do, right? I said just a little while ago, you do this for a living. This is not a hobby. So if this is what you do for a living, then you need to dig in and you need to take it seriously and you need to figure out how you can tweak and fine-tune for the year ahead. Now let me tell you something that most of you know somewhere in your head, but you may not consciously think about on a regular basis. As a small business owner, your business exists for one reason, to serve your personal goals. And I want you to write that down. And I want you to write it down in a first person. My business exists to serve my goals. Now think about those goals. My business exists to fund my retirement. My business exists to provide a lifestyle I love. My business exists to make me happy. My business exists to entertain me by keeping my mind active. My business exists to serve my clients. My business exists so I can choose who I work with. My business exists to fund my daughter's college education. You see the point? Your lifestyle needs to be the first goal you create. What do you want in your personal life? When do you want to retire? How much money do you need? When do you want to go on vacation? Who do you want to work with? What kind of people do you want to work with? What kinds of things do you like to sell? What kinds of technologies do you like to play with? Put that out there first and then rebuild your business so that it only focuses on those things. And it helps you to create decisions that make sense for your overall life. Take on new projects that advance those goals. Reject projects and people that do not advance those goals. First, you need to figure out what you personally want out of life. Then you need to figure out how to retool your business so it helps you get what you want out of life. Business is not about money. Money is just a thing that makes other stuff possible. Your business is about your family. Your business is about your happiness. 
your business is about creating a life that you love. And if your business is not about that, then you have two options. One, go do something else. Or two, recreate your business to serve your life. I have several things planned this year that are all focused on recreating your business. I hope that you will take advantage of at least two or three of the things that I'm about to talk about. Here's what's up for my year ahead. First, uh, I released the total rewrite of managed services in a month. It's about 100 pages longer uh, than previous versions. It includes lots of strategic discussions and covers cloud services. Second, I'm doing a free webinar with Harry Browsford from SMB Nation next Thursday, January 24th at 10 a.m. Um, stay tuned to my blog and Facebook and newsletter for all of that. The entire show is going to be on how to perform a total makeover of your consulting business. So we're going to sort of go through step by step how, you know, what are the big pieces? What, what are the steps you need to take to rebuild your business uh, into a new adventure that fulfills your personal goals? Third, this year's SMB online conference theme is rebooting your business. And you can find out more at www.smbonlineconference.com. Once again, we have amazing speakers lined up, including some really big folks who have never presented in the IT community before. Full price for that conference is $399 for 15 hours of education. The early bird price is $199, but I have a special offer only for the people who are listening to this podcast. I will not be posting this offer on my blog or Facebook or anywhere else online. So here's what you do. Go to www.smbonlineconference.com. Go to the registration page, scroll down to the section that says Special Bundle, and there you're going to see three faces in blue, and uh, the, the offer there is to buy this year's conference and last year's conference together for $299. But look at the faces with the headphones. Click on the smiley face. Of, of the three, you want to pick the smiley face, and when you click on it, it reveals a code that will give you all of this year's conference and all of last year's recordings for a total of $99. I promise you, this will never be cheaper. Uh, you know, I'm never going to offer this at a, at a lower price, period, end of story. So that offer is only good through January 31st. So look for the smiley face with the blue headphones. So please join me at the second SMB Online Conference. Again, it's all online. It's three days in June. The fourth thing I'm doing this year is a slight revision of my book, Relax, Focus, Succeed. It's mostly a formatting change so that I can move it to a digital printer, but reading and applying that book is completely in line with reformulating your business for 2013. The fifth thing I'm doing is a three-hour pre-day uh, event at the SMB Nation Conference. The theme, once again, will be retooling and recreating your business, and that's in October, so stay tuned for details on that. The sixth thing I'm doing is probably the most exciting for me for this year, and that is a project called Coach Valet. Coach Valet is going to be an online program that allows you to coach yourself in your business. 
It starts with 150 key questions about your business, and then you can enter in all of your personal goals. You can totally customize the questions and um, the, the issues that you're addressing. You can rate them by priority, and then you can grade yourself on how you're doing on each of those. It will generate a variety of reports based on categories such as finances, service delivery, employees, business management. It will also generate progress reports sorted by priority, employee, and so forth. Of course, all of this is fed with a huge library of standard operating procedures. It's a way for you to manage all of your um, operations and goals going forward. One of the users in your business can be a business coach, but you can also use the tool to coach yourself. Uh, just stay on my mailing list to, to make sure that you don't miss any opportunities about that. So <clears throat> that's pretty much what I have uh, for this year, um, and it's a very busy year. Please connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Follow my blog at Small Biz Thoughts. Join me next week with Harry Brelsford. Please consider the SMB Online Conference uh, and the SMB Nation Pre-Day Show. I hope you found something interesting and useful in this broadcast. I wish you the absolute best in 2013. I really hope that you can make your business serve you and your goals. And I wish everyone a wonderful and a prosperous day.